Misery is the default human condition in the absence of sustaining meaning, just like hunger is the default condition in the absence of, of food. That's Dr. Jordan Peterson. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. I am grateful for you tuning in with me today as we have clinical psychologist, speaker, and New York Times bestselling author Jordan Peterson back on the show to, to help us gain more direction in our lives. So, Anyone who feels that they don't have or they have little to no direction with where their life is and where they would like to go, then this episode is great because Dr. Peterson gives us a blueprint and how to navigate through it so that we can become more clear and have more meaning in our lives. So without further ado, let's jump right into this one with Dr. Jordan Peterson. Enjoy. And so one of the things you can ask yourself, and this is very useful, is what would your life have to look like in order for it to justify itself to you? And so why would I put it that way? Well, your life is hard. It's full of suffering. It's full of malevolence, for that matter. It's full of malevolent suffering. That's coming for sure. And that's a heavy burden to bear. And you might say, well, it's so heavy that nothing at all could possibly justify it. And I think that's not a productive attitude. I think if you watch your life, you see that there are things that will grip you that do appear to justify the weight of existence. And I think you can commune with yourself, which is a form of thought. It's a form of meditative prayer, but that's a form of thought. And the thought is, what do I want? If I could have what I wanted and needed, what would that look like? And you might say, well, why would I associate thought with meditative prayer? It's like, well, what the hell do you think you're doing when you're thinking? If it isn't praying, it's the same thing. You, you first of all, you formulate a question. What do I want? And then you ask it. And you might say, well, who are you asking? Well, you're asking yourself. That would be the classic modern answer. It's like, well, if you're the person with the answer, why did you have to formulate the question? And so what are you doing when you formulate the question? And what you're doing, really, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to revelation. And you might say, revelation from what? And that's a good question. No doubt about it. But in some sense, it's a revelation from the ground of being itself. You know, you ask yourself a question. If I could have what I needed and wanted, what would that look like? You'll get a dream. You'll get a vision. And it comes to you. That's the most accurate way of describing it. 
It makes itself manifest in the theater of your imagination. And, and in precise proportion to your willingness to actually formulate the question. It's a rather frightening question, you know, to, to, to find out, to allow yourself to ask yourself what it is that you really need and want because you simultaneously make the conditions for failure clear to yourself. And people like to keep that sort of thing foggy and vague so they don't have to hold themselves accountable. But that's a, a dreadful mistake. That's why I wrote rule three, do not hide unwanted things in the fog. It's like you should sharpen your aim. You should specify your goals. Now, the price that comes along with that is you'll know when you fail. But the advantage is you'll know when you fail. You can learn. Now, more practically, you don't know where you're going or why, the person who asked this question. So let's decompose the problem a little bit. I don't know what to do with my life. Well, that's a pretty vague problem because your life is that's a big, complex, multidimensional thing and the probability that you're going to be able to formulate an answer to the question, what's the meaning of my life, is pretty much zero. Because, well, what do you want, a one-sentence answer? Like, it's a one-sentence question. You think there's a one-sentence answer? That, that's not helpful. And so what I often did practically in my clinical practice, and this is useful to know, especially if you're a bit lost, is, well, where do people derive, where do people generally derive their sense of meaning? And it's not that complicated to figure that out. And this is also a conservative perspective in some sense. Well, most people need or want an intimate relationship. And some family interaction. Maybe that's children, maybe it's with your parents or your siblings, but zero family interaction is generally not, not part of the optimized human condition. Most of us would like to have a friend or two. We need a job or a career to, to keep body and soul together, but also so that we have, so that we're in harness and we can pull against a weight that, that in a noble and productive and generous manner. We perhaps need to be engaged in something creatively. We have to take care of ourselves mentally and physically. We should adopt some civic responsibility. We need to protect ourselves against major sources of hedonistic and impulsive temptation. There's eight things. It's like, well, pursue one of them. Start there. You know, when I dealt with my clients who were depressed, unhappy, let's say, the first thing I would do with them is walk them through that analytic process. It's like, do you have anything in place in any of these domains? Sometimes I had people who were doing pretty good in all eight areas and were still unhappy. Those people were depressed, technically, right? Because their lives were actually in pretty good order, but they were miserable. There was something wrong with them. They were ill in some way that was, was lowering their mood, and destroying their positive emotion. Other people would be batting zero on all eight fronts. Like, they weren't depressed, they just had terrible lives. And so, really, really, and so the, what I would do with those people is, well, look, like, here's eight things that aren't in place in your life. It's no bloody wonder you're miserable and everything seems meaningless except for the suffering, because that's a meaning too. It's like, why don't we start working incrementally in a few of these areas and then we can just evaluate and see if that's helpful. And it's almost invariably helpful. You know, and, and part, of that, it, it, part of that is 
well, specify, you ask yourself, well, what, what do I need that I don't have? Well, maybe I'd like to have a partner. Okay, well, I can't just leap from not having a partner to being happily married in one fell swoop. There's intervening steps. One of the things I used to do with my clients who were lonesome is say, well, look, have you tried online dating? No, I'm too afraid. It's like, well, no wonder you're afraid of it. You have your reasons. But um, we could start small. It's like, why don't you write out a dating profile? Don't post it. Just go online one of these sites and write out a profile. Who are you? What do you have to offer? And what do you want? Think it through. Write it out. Come up with a coherent story about a coherent representation about who you are. And then figure out what you want. And see how that works. We can play that through. And then maybe when you develop that in a manner that feels solid to you and reliable and genuine, and, and you've also developed a vision of the person that you're trying to attract, that would help you feel confident in your happiness if you actually met that person. Well, then you're ready to go. Launch it on the site and talk to the person. You know, first maybe it's just text and then maybe it's coffee. And, you know, there's incremental ways of doing this. And you can do that with all of those eight domains. It's like, get yourself a life. And if you have, if you're firing on all cylinders in all eight dimensions and you're still depressed, and this is a specific answer to the person formulating this question, if you're still unhappy, you should probably go see someone because you're probably sick. You know, if you've got all of those if you have all that skill and you have all those relationships and activities in place and you still are suffering a, an excess of anxiety and pain and insufficient hope and motivation, it's highly probable that something, you know, that something's afflicting you that's in the nature of an illness. But if, you're, if you have none of those things, it's like, well, it's no wonder you're miserable. Misery is the default human condition in the absence of sustaining meaning, just like hunger is the default condition in the absence of, of food. And you need productive engagement, productive, generous, reciprocal engagement in order to provide you with the genuine meaning that sustains you in life. And the pathway, a lot of the pathway to that is, is pretty pragmatic and practical. You got no friends? That's likely a problem. You're a creative person, you have no creative outlet, that's not going to work out for you. No, you don't, you're lonesome because you don't have an intimate relationship, that's a source of pain. Those things have to be rectified and, and you can do that incrementally and that works. So that's a practical pathway to incremental improvement. And one of the things that's cool about that, because you, you might be thinking, oh my God, this is hopeless. I don't have any of those eight things. I'm also just end it all tonight. It's like, and people certainly think that, you know, and I'm not making light of it. One of the things that's very much worth knowing is that a lot of positive emotion is dependent technically on the observation on your personal observation that you're moving towards a valued goal. See, not that you've attained the goal. So imagine that you're in your hopeless situation and you decide, well, I'm going to work on, um, 
I'm gonna work on the relationship front. Now you develop a vision of what a relationship might be like and you posit that as a promised land, let's say. And then you differentiate that so you can make incremental steps forward and the incremental steps are small enough so that you actually take them. As soon as you start to take them and you observe yourself moving forward in relationship to that goal, then first of all, you'll be stabilized on the anxiety front because now you have a purpose that's finite and defined. And second, you have positive emotion because you experience positive emotion in relationship to observing yourself move towards a valued goal. So right away, you don't have to attain the goal in order to be meaningfully engaged. You just have to have to be on the pathway forward. And so you can benefit from this almost immediately. Big thanks to Jordan Peterson for stopping by. If you'd like to develop a vision for the eight dimensions that Dr. Peterson mentioned in today's talk, then you can check out his online course. It's called Future Authoring, and you can find that over at selfauthoring.com. And I have a link to that program in the show description, along with all the ways to connect with Dr. Peterson, his work, uh, today's talk, and all the previous episodes that he's been featured on the show. All right. That is a wrap for me. As I always say, I appreciate you. I hope you have a, a purposeful rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. <laughs>